What up, Long Beach? Hope your bracket is still alive. Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics Podcast that features the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show. As always, it's hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right, my co-host, Mike Artabasio. One of these days, I'm going to sit on your left and just completely screw up your whole intro. This is the LB Fee Show, your only place to talk Long Beach State sports. We are joined, as always, by Athletic Director Andy Fee. We're going to be joined a little bit later by Gavin Arroyo, the Long Beach State water polo coach extraordinaire. But uh, first, Andy, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Happy March Madness. Yes, the madness that happens in March That's is right. upon us. Absolutely. We can't say it, though. Is that like, this, can't say is that like the big game in February? We're I not can't, allowed to say I can't stand madness. that stuff. Anyways, <laughs> college basketball tournament is happening. <laughs> Andy, I saw you had your bracket there. How are you doing? Are you still uh, you know, I don't feel I don't feel very good about my bracket. Okay. I, I, uh, I Actually, I spent very little time. It's almost like I feel like someone who... Uh, wagers on horse racing by the color of the jockey's outfit a little bit. Um, so I, I really, I hardly by who has the friendliest. Looking e- exactly, <laughs> who who seems like you know they really have their act together. Uh, I do have Duke winning it all, which is a real shocker. But apparently, I didn't watch the game. They almost lost to Central Florida. It, so. it was close. However, at the end of the day. I mean, look, you look at it, it's pretty much chalk across the board. So I feel like everybody's bracket hasn't yet been decided. True. Like if, True. It's really going to come down to who has all eight Elite Eight teams still in the running, which I do, by the way. Okay. All right. I, I didn't bring that up just to bring it up by myself. <laughs> I, uh, Andy, have you been able to actually watch any basketball? Uh, I've watched a few games here and there, but this 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 time of year is crazy. You know, obviously with, with Gavin, uh, you know, we've got water polo, we've got baseball, we've got softball, we've got tennis. I mean, track and field. It this is an extremely busy time of the year. So honestly, I've watched a few snippets here and there, but I have not watched a full game yet. As a uh, as a coach here once told JJ and I, uh, if you want to watch a lot of sports, make sure you don't get a job in sports. Exactly. Then your job is happening <laughs> at the same time as they're playing sports. So. Yes, minor detail, but, you know. You're absolutely right. The schedule jam-packed again this week. So we'll do our This Week at the Beach. Obviously, we'll get to the women's water polo team when we speak with our guests. But we start at the top. Boy, I feel like it's been a while since we started this show with a men's volleyball loss. Well, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It was their first loss on the mainland since uh, since two years ago. <laughs> uh, pretty crazy. It's one of those ones you can kind of laugh about because it just felt like uh, – I don't know, like you accidentally let go of the bat or something, and you're a major league hitter, right? right? Like it's so rare for them to have a slip-up, and it was such a relatively dramatic slip-up. They had a 23-match win streak going. They were swept at number 11 USC, which moved up to number 9. Long Beach State now dropping down to number 2 with the one loss on the season. Hawaii still at number 1. Um, I mean, obviously, we already know where the Final Four is going to be played. If it's one and two, it doesn't particularly matter what order it's in. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. I went up to the match, played at the USC North Gym, which has 500 fixed seats in it. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the video that was flying around from the match. It was pretty wild in there, Andy. Yeah, and, you know, we, we were talking about it as a staff prior to the match about, you know, here we are going to North Gym or whatever the heck it is, and, Hey, you know, credit to, to USC. They, they, they obviously played better uh, at the match. And you know what? Hey, I like it. If it puts a little chip on our guy's shoulder, all the better. I like our chances. I would say the shoulders looked pretty heavy uh, coming off the court after that. And I will say, I mean, similar to we've, we've covered number one BYU coming to the gold mine. It is a special, unique, old school atmosphere when you throw teams that hit the ball 70 miles an hour on the serve into... <laughs> 
into a gym that realistically is actually much smaller than the gold, much smaller than the gold. Yeah. Line. Um, so it was, it was, uh, I enjoyed covering it just because of how crazy the scenery was, but, uh, I know that they're excited to get back in the gym. They're at number six, UC Irvine on Friday, and then they will host them on Saturday at 7 PM. Excited for both of those matches for sure. Yeah. Walter pyramid going to be jumping on Saturday. We got our best performance of the week though, from softball. Split a non-conference doubleheader, their last one of the year against LMU on Saturday. And in the second game, junior Ashley Coleman throws the no-no. 30-second no-hitter in school history. She was obviously named Big West Pitcher of the Week. And in her last four starts, all complete games, Coleman has only allowed six hits. So I've got, like, flashes of Turner and EJ Dub in my head. Like, Ashley Coleman could turn into the next big arm that that softball team has had year in, year out. And it's so cool to be able to do the no-hitter at home. Yeah, and Alyssa Gonzalez had a great game. I mean, that second game had had the the bomb early, then had a double in the gap, I think. You know, I, I forget what she ended up. But, you know, it started driving a few runs. And, you know, the first game, we just never got it going. You know, I was out there, and we just couldn't string anything together. And unfortunately for us, LMU had timely hitting, and that's the way it goes. Yeah, uh, so congratulations to Coleman on baseball side. Not as good. Swept by Fullerton in the annual non-conference series. So they still haven't started the Big West, but stuff just not going well for the Dirtbags right now. However, bright spot on the weekend. Center fielder Brooks Stotler broke out of his slump, and he had three doubles in four games going six for 13 on the week. On the women's tennis side, uh, Long Beach State beat Cincinnati 4-0 and then swept Hawaii 5-0 in Big West action to finish off a strong week. Uh, they are 11-3. and as the uh, they're going up against Santa Barbara, which will be obviously probably the biggest match of the regular season. On the beach volleyball side, Long Beach State still number nine in the nation. Had a uh, an interesting experience at the Belmont Shore Challenge last week. I love that they hosted an event down there at Granada Beach. Um, such, it's so nice to have an actual beach. I mean, it's always kind of amazing to me when you see Nebraska beach volleyball and yeah. think about where the sand that they're playing on came from. Uh, we didn't have to bring any. We didn't have to bring any uh, any sand with us to right. Belmont Shore, right? That was good. <laughs> uh, but good performance from Long Beach State uh, there. And then in track and field, it was a uh, a huge day for redshirt senior Herman Day, the new national leader in the decathlon, after winning that event at the UCR Spring Classic. Oof. Decathlon, Andy, that is a that is a tough race. It is, but you're one heck of an athlete. If you yeah. can do those ten events, honestly, and and you know, there's some of those some some of those guys and some of those young women. It's not like they're just average in some of those. They're like really good in some of those where they're they're national contenders in, in singular events. So you know, I always think it's it is the greatest event because it really. Uh, if you want to say who is the best athlete in the world, right, it's either going to be, uh, you know, someone in that mix for sure. Yeah. Uh, women's golf also had a great week. They had one of their best performances of the year, really, in South Carolina at the Briars Creek Invitational. Uh, they ended up finishing ahead of five other nationally ranked teams. Senior uh, Sarah Barker shot a two under in the final round to lead the way for them. So a lot of teams here on campus are going to be on the road this week. But like we mentioned, that men's volleyball game uh, at home on Saturday and uh, the women's tennis team also going to be at home, and women's water polo, which we'll get to in just a second, also going to be home. So just call the box office, find out what's going on if you want tickets to Long Beach State Athletics events. That's 562-985-4949. 
As we get ready to bring on our special guests, I just wanted to remind Long Beach State fans about all the work we're doing at the562.org, all the coverage we've been providing of Long Beach State all year long, and hopefully long, long into the future. You can sign up for a daily email newsletter, see some highlight videos, previews, recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and uh, you could even tweet at us and we'll talk to you about merch or whatever else it is that you want to talk about. We're not going to bring on our special guest, the man whose team now has the longest winning streak on campus. And he might be setting the record for the most LBF show appearances today. It is Long Beach State water polo coach Gavin Arroyo. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. It is a busy time for all of us, as we've already said. So I'm sure it's the it's the same for you. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Gavin probably does not want to hear about how busy it is for everyone else because he's in the off season for one team and the middle of the season for another team. And so, do, do you look at the coaches who only coach one team on campus and just be like, you think you're busy? Like you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, everyone hustles in their their own way, um, and you know, you're putting en- when they're putting energies into other areas, maybe areas that I don't are not able to put energies into, mm. and things that I should be doing better at. Um, you know, the coaching and the kids are taking up a lot of the time. It has to be. I mean, it so. has to be hectic. I can't imagine recruiting for one sport while you're coaching another, and just, like constantly being in multiple recruiting cycles, playing cycles, all that. Yeah. So how do you how do you keep all that straight? First of all, are you a very organized calendar type of a guy, or are you just a whiz with your brain? No, it's funny because we always kind of set a calendar and have an idea, and we always like to think that we're planning, and then we get a whole bunch of curveballs. And I just I can't say enough about my staff. Um, I have so much trust in, um, you know, Alexander Petrovich on the, the men's side and, and Shana Welch on the women's side, and then Liz Grimes with all the logistics. So, I mean, we, we've kind of got it down where, you know, this multi-head monster of recruiting and fundraising and alumni and all these kinds of things. And, I mean, we could definitely do better, I think, across the board. But um, I feel very confident that I can trust that they can – get it done so yeah you guys are in, on an eight game winning streak right now after you beat Princeton last week eight two. Uh, some great individual performances we will get to for sure but d- mm-hmm. did you see this winning streak coming did, did you see your team improving over time as the season got longer I mean that's uh, it goes kind of goes back to planning <laughs> I mean, we, we we definitely have the idea that we're going to improve greatly throughout the year just because I don't get to spend tons of time with them in the fall um so we're always kind of playing a race against time but um to be able to predict, you can never predict anything in sports, as you know. And um, I think you just kind of ride out the good times when you can and, and you try to keep it going. Well, you, so. you mentioned the unpredictability of sports. I don't think uh, any of us expected water polo to be in the national media at the collegiate level for the reasons that it was. Um, Correct. What, uh, what, what has that been like for you as a coach who's at one of the schools that has not obviously been caught up in the, in the scandal are you hearing from people in the community about it? I mean, like, what, what's the what's the mood like? I guess in the sport. I mean, it's it, it, there's definitely a lot of buzz in our community. Um, as you know, we are kind of a niche sport, and everybody kind of knows e- each other. And uh, you know, you just never, uh, you just don't know what's you know. It's I guess it's like a, a marriage, or anything. you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And everybody just kind of takes things at face value, and you just. You just don't know. And I think everyone's just still kind of in a state of shock. Um, so I think time will kind of tell and, and if there's some, you know, deeper digging and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to comment yeah, on. Yeah, for well, sure. The, the, the Reggie Bush stuff that happened at SC changed college right. football. I, I can only imagine how much this is going to change. Water polo, are you already anticipating minutia, like behind-the-scenes stuff going to become more difficult or more I mean, scrutinized? I think just in general, unfortunately, and 
in college athletics in itself, it's when one thing happens, it seems like there's five new levels of protocol that we have to be punished for, if you, you know, yeah, or or you know, micromanaging or. But they, you know, it's it's situations like this that you know force our you know compliance and, and people to to look deeper and deeper into what coaches are doing and and it kind of stinks as far as if we have more meetings or if we have more uh you know you know i's we got a dot and t's we right across um but you know the leadership that we have with with andy and we've always had is is really that's been clear as day on what the expectations are from from mm-hmm. a leadership standpoint so yeah it's a strange situation because it's not really going to make anyone it doesn't have to be usc but it doesn't really make any team worse Right, so it doesn't really level the playing field in a way you're going to be able to see in a box score, but the behind-the-scenes stuff, the stuff that happens to where SC doesn't really have to recruit because everybody knows, like that stuff will end up changing for a lot of schools. And I just think that's fascinating because it's not the Jimmys and the Joes; it's certainly the X's and the O's now. Yeah, I mean the branding that, that I don't know. I mean I, I can't. I've never worked at a private school, but I just kind of know what how public schools approach the situations. But I know in the private schools, there's there's just more money moving around. There's more moving parts. The tuition's more. And um, so it's just such a foreign environment for me to understand the how those coaches kind of work within that minutia. And I, you always say, oh, there must be some advantages. Um, and maybe there are, maybe they're not. But, you know, if, if, if one team's able to not communicate with financial aid and have eight scholarships and we only have mm-hmm. – two of our four and a half because we're over budget, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of stuff makes you a little upset. I think back to 2014 when we should have gone the NC2A championship, but if they're operating uh, with more scholarships every year, then that's the kind of part that kind of gets gets to us. That's fair. You know, because I think, you know, a lot of my colleagues work super hard and, um, you know, we're limited maybe with our brands or to win national championships in our sport, but – that's our goal. That's our aim. And, and we're doing working as hard as they are. And, you know, so if, if those things come up, I'd love to have yeah. some extra, some extra extras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, you guys obviously, as JJ mentioned, on a really nice streak right now. Um, and yeah. uh, I feel like on the women's side, same as what we talked about with you when you were on uh, talking about the men's team. I mean, just yeah. really, really good young talent. Freshman, freshman Orshi Hertzka with a team high 55 goals this season. Um, what are you seeing from her that's you know uh, uh, impressing you so much at, at such an early part of her career? You know, it's always hard coming your first year as a, as a foreign athlete. Um, there's time you need time to assimilate to kind of the culture of American life. And she's just, you know, for, for lack of a better word, she's just a baller. I mean, she's so aggressive and she works through nothing. Kind of throws her off her game and. Her tenacity and her aggressiveness is you can't you can't coach that. So um, she's from Hungary. Correct. You have some other players from Greece. You know, an international mm-hmm. team as you'll find in water polo. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find a difference in attitude or or just the feel of the player from those other countries that might not give as much respect to the women's game? Do you know what I'm saying? Do some countries build up their women's water polo, or is it not an issue? Men's women's. Well, I mean, on the women's side, our USA women have dominated the sport um we're working on that on the men's side um and and, you know we're eastern european based sport in general so you're starting to get on the women's side uh, you know for for lack of a better word you know out of out of the kitchen kind of thing mentality like women's sports are definitely picking up Mm -hmm. better coaches are coaching women yeah and they're and that that gap's going to slowly start uh closing because they're they're putting more attention and effort into it um, we're, we're back when I was playing. Oh, girls are playing water polo. That's kind of nice. But yeah. now, 
it's completely blown up and i think it's so nice having daughters growing up in this uh you know environment where it is something bigger than it was 20 years ago for sure so, is there an eastern european country that stands out as one that's maybe a little ahead of the group in that um on the women's side you know italy and hungary uh, greece um, I've always thought the, you know, I the played places where you're getting kids from. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that well, makes sense. Yeah. No, but yeah, sure. in, in terms of their methodical approach to the game from the men's side has definitely trickled over to the women's mm. side. And, and honestly, if you want to watch the smartest tactics, you should probably watch Greek women's water polo. They mm. just, they have the time, they have a longer shot clock, but they're just, they're, they're really cerebral and patient. And, um, in terms of X's and O's, I think they really, uh, they do a good job. Yeah. Your other key newcomer is uh, also from Greece. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're going to have to catch me on the name though. No, I got it. Marilia Mamidi? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You got to do it fast. That's the key to pronouncing names. Yeah. Do no, it and cough. That's and cough often thing. not. <laughs> the junior's got 35 goals and 14 assists, so she's filling mm -hmm. it up. And then I also wanted to mention senior Tori Morrissey, because mm -hmm. she is the Aaron Kraft of Long Beach State Water Polo. I feel like she's been here forever, and she's got a team high 19 assists, so it must mm -hmm. be nice for her to reach the end of her college career and then have these super talented girls come and join her in the pool. Yeah, no, she's, uh, you know, she's, uh, how can I say, she's kind of the brains behind the operation. Um, you know, we get we, we get so caught up with, you know, stats and, and goals scored and stuff like that, and, and she's the facilitator, you know, and she's uh, she's going to score when she needs to score, but she's she's usually the one putting the ball in the right place at the right time, so... So we've talked about uh, the way that the Big West is sort of growing sports like men's volleyball and water polo before. Um, you guys mm -hmm. have five Big West games on the schedule. What do you want to see in the future in the in the conference? When we started covering, obviously, everything was under the MPSF umbrella. Correct. Um, Alan Knipe has talked a lot about the advantages he sees for men's volleyball from coming under the Big West umbrella. Do you see that for, you know, for water polo as well? And where would you like to see it go within the conference over the next couple of years? Well, UC San Diego comes in next year. Um, I think just more conferences, the more parity, the, the better. Um, if you look at where Big West schools are ranked in the top 20 on the women's side, they're, they're right in there. I mean, as far as they're, I think, from 7 to 12, and then I think, you know, we got one team out a little bit further. But I, gotta, I give a lot of credit to my colleagues in the Big West. They've done a superb job of raising the level um, of – of the conference and the level of play at the Big West is is pretty impressive. So you're gonna get back in a conference later, but yeah. this week you continue non-conference against Brown Wednesday at home, 7 p.m. again at Ken Lindgren Aquatic Center, and it's just another smart team. You play a lot of the Ivy League. You play <laughs> a lot of the, yes. smart girls. Dominating the Ivy League. Yeah, I love they, it. They're on spring break. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to spend spring break for sure. Uh, yeah. I also wanted to mention that 12th annual Beach Water Polo Cup is coming up in August. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of your uh, your boys or girls playing in that? Do they do they get out there into Alamitos Bay? I want to see Gavin playing it. That's what Ooh, I want to see. Love yes. it. Uh, <laughs> hop, hop in is like a, you could be a ringer in the police uh, uh, fire department fire game. Fire. You know? And that <laughs> game always includes a few Long Beach State yes, alums for too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's part of our, let's say, moving forward with our sport is beach water polo is starting to become a thing, like not just a part-time thing or whatever. I mean, they're actually legitimately starting to do circuits. They've always kind of done it in Europe and Croatia and mm -hmm. on the Adriatic, and but now in, they're actually putting together leagues in Spain and in Greece and in, in, in Croatia. And, and so it's great that we have something going here. I, I think at this point it's more of a fun 
yeah. type of thing. Um, if it was at a different time, not leading right up into our yeah, season, for sure. I would definitely encourage our guys to go get beat on by some of those All right, we'll guys. Talk, <laughs> we'll talk to them about moving that date. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I th- for those of you Fourth of July weekend. A May Day need. would be great. There you yeah, go. Yeah, for sure. For those of you who don't know, this thing is basically they set up water polo courses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, on the beach. So it's right, what? 15, it, 20 feet off the sand. It's at Horny Corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's the it's the best. It's like you and I go, and then we'll forget that we're working, and you're just hanging out at yes. the beach. And we, I, got, I got a little dinghy and a, uh, a solar-powered motor. Oh, so we nice. took that out last year, got some video yes. from the water. J.D. was just doing circles around. The exclusive. Right. Exclusive footage, Mike. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, coach, before we let you get out of here, we got to do some favorites, which oh, we okay. do with every coach. And surprisingly, the amount of times you've been on this show, we've never done it with you. So we'll start with food. Do you have a favorite food? Just the one thing you could absolutely get every day. You know, it's funny, coaching the women, they always ask me these kinds of things, you know, like, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And I, I don't want to be limiting, you know. If, if, I'm, <laughs> if it's Tuesday, I'm definitely going to Great Mex to get, uh, you know, tacos. Good call. Um, you know, uh, flipping pizza is great, uh, depending on what, uh, Mexican Thai, depending on what uh, what the mood is, you know. Do you have a Thai place? Mike and I have been spending yeah, the last few months. Thai place closed down. I can't pronounce it. It's down on Carson and uh, Palo Verde. Phantom Barn. Thank Phantom you. Barn. Thank yes. You. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Okay. That's in our running. Yeah. All right. That's, All right. But, uh, we'll put it on the list. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, do you have a movie or a TV show that every time you see it, you always laugh? Like a movie or a show that made you laugh the hardest. I watched with my kids last night Napoleon Dynamite, and that's just that gets you every time. I'm so happy they're old enough to actually kind of watch. Yeah, for sure. Right. My wife and I were laughing more than they were. But (laughs) (laughs) what's uh, what's next on the list for movies or shows you get to show the kids that you've been waiting for? Like, oh, one day. We'll you know, be able to I'm, watch. I'm always disappointed because they, they're just whatever it is, whatever I think it is, they clearly don't think it's, it's funny or interesting <laughs> whatsoever. But I, I am kind of somewhat obsessed with uh, the World War II in color thing. I think there's so many uh, great messages in that um, period of time, and the scale of it is something we. Yeah, that, yeah, for yeah, sure. Can't imagine. Incredible stuff. Well, uh, last Sorry. book you read? Not, not, to, not, to, not to be a downer. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> history is history. What uh, what last book you read? Um, this book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. Mm. Um, I've heard of him before. We, uh, we were able to go down and listen to him a couple years ago with my women's team, and no one, um, no one puts it in perspective like he does for me. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, big shout David out to Goggins? David Goggins. Okay. If you could go anywhere in the world this summer for like a week, untethered, mm. where would you go? The Maldives. Ooh, that's Dude, a good answer. That's, yeah. that's probably the best yeah, one. Did that come out too fast? No. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. I so, thought about it. At yeah. All. So when are you going to the Maldives, Coach? <laughs> uh, I'm going to China and Peru. Awesome. On the uh, docket. Dang. Yes. To work, that. Tri- work trips to China and Peru. Work trips. <laughs> yeah. yeah work trips. Yeah. 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 World War II study. Uh, well, look, we already talked about it. You're busy, so we'll let you get out of here. Thank you so much, Coach, for taking the time, and uh, we'll see you in the Maldives. All right. Thank you, guys. Bring your speedos. <laughs> Thank you again to Coach Royal for coming on. Andy, come on back. We got to get out of here quick, though. You, you're dressed like you need to go somewhere. Andy's Things always, are always popping. Andy's <laughs> always dressed well, but today specifically. It's, yeah, it's a, busy, it's a busy Monday here at the beach. <laughs> so, do you have a uh, recommendation like we do each and every week here at the show? Something LB Nation should be checking out? I do. I uh, just started a new book, uh, Drive by Daniel Pink. Mm. Uh, it's a leadership and really talks, uh, you know, I'm just started into it, but. It, kind of what what is motivational. Um, and Daniel Pink, the author, talks more about the intrinsic values of what motivates people versus 
uh, reward or punishment. And uh, so I'm just a little bit into it, but I've had a number of people recommend it to me. Uh, I'm two chapters in, and uh, I would recommend it based upon what I've read so far. Good stuff. I can imagine talking to a few coaches in the near future who have brought that book to their team. Yeah. Sent, that tends to happen. Yes, for sure. Uh, I highly recommend uh, Captain Marvel. If you haven't gone to see it, we uh, I went with my wife. Uh, we had a blast at that. And, uh, yes, excited to take my daughter. She's going to have to wait. Well, it'll, it'll have to be DVD for her. We're going to have to wait probably a year or so. But If someone had, I don't know, seen two of the last five Marvel movies, it doesn't ruin it? Do you have to go in no, with your is, boots laced up no, on this, Marvel? No, Captain Marvel is like a prequel prequel, so like you don't need to see anything. But you should see it before you see the new Avengers movie, from what I heard. That's yeah. good. All right. there you go. He's not talking to me. I, right. I know what's All going right. on. He's talking to the people. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation is a podcast. As you may know, I listen to a lot of them. It's the called re- the LB Fee Show. Yeah. Rewatchables. It's on um, Bill Simmons' uh, network, The Ringer. Uh, Rewatchables. Basically, they spend the night rewatching a great movie. Uh, recently, I've listened to the Goodwill Hunting one, which is obviously okay. great because they're from Boston. Yeah, uh, they sp- watch it the night before, and then they come and do a podcast about the movie. So you feel like you're watching the movie because they talk about all the great scenes and they play you the audio clips and stuff. But you don't have to spend two hours watching the, the real, movie. the rewatchables. Re- rewatchables. rewatchables. Okay, I'm going to yeah. check that out. If you have a favorite movie, they've probably already done it, and that's probably a good place to start. I to love it. Hear their opinion on your favorite film. So check those things out, and obviously, as Mike said, make sure you are already subscribed to the LB Fee Show, coming out every other week talking everything Long Beach State Athletics with the one and the only Andy Fee. Andy, thanks so much for having us on your show. Producer Roger, making the magic happen, and everybody else here at the beach. We'll see you in the stands this weekend, guys. Take care.